Hey guys, welcome to Crossroads Conversation. It's uh, Pastor Richard here, and here with my brother, Robert Harmon. And man, it's been a while since we've been on the on the show. Uh, we've been doing some traveling. We took a little break, and um, we're grateful to hear from some folks that that you guys that you guys missed us. And so we're here. We're back in the in the podcast studio and. What we want to talk about today is is Philippians 1, and what we're going to do, what we're planning to do, is do a, a book study of Philippians. So we'll be each week walking through, verse by verse, the, the book of Philippians. We're going to be talking about Philippians content and, man, how it relates to our lives today. So, um, and man, we were just talking about... Um, right before we hit record, man, just the schemes of the enemy and guys, the enemy, the adversary, the devil, he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And guys, uh, he hates us. He hates the church. He hates Christians. Um, and he wants to build down our faith. So I don't know what you've been going through this week. I don't know where you are, but one thing I know is that, um, the enemy does seek to destroy us, and uh, the Bible says, "Don't count it strange when you when you experience the fiery darts from the evil one." But we remember that Jesus has given us victory, and he 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 gives us victory to overcome spiritual battles. He gives us strength. So, you know, brother and sister, carry on, cling to cling to Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. He'll he'll carry us through. Um, I think we'll read later in Philippians. I think it is where it says he'll he'll finish the work that he has completed in us. Uh, that sorry that he'll finish what he started in us. And um, but here's Philippians. Philippians is a book written by Paul. It actually says in verse one, Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. Let's talk about their relationship. Timothy. So Paul was an apostle. Let's talk about apostleship. Apostleship is the only office that no longer exists. Apostleship was people who, defined by the New Testament, people who were specifically uh, eyewitnesses of Jesus, his ministry, and specifically commissioned by Jesus to carry out his ministry. But the apostles were the ones with the authority to uh, write, the Word of God. So the New Testament was written by the apostles. Um, so you may have seen a modern-day person who calls himself an apostle. And look, if, you know, we can talk, if, if someone, someone may use that term to mean, you know, a missionary. And, and look, that's fine, but... I think we need to be clear in our understanding that we should not we should not call ourselves apostles. Um, the people who were the twelve disciples, Jesus specifically commissioned to them as apostles. Uh, Jesus revealed himself to Paul, and Paul writes, you know, that he has Christ has commissioned me as an apostle. Um, and we just don't need to get that confused there. So why don't you think there's apostles anymore? 
Do you think it's something that needs to be put back in a church? Or? Right. Well, just for context there, it's. I was just explaining that Robert had to step out for, for a second. Um, I think he had a cough. But what I was explaining, Robert, was just that, um, yeah, p- apostleship was was specific people specifically commissioned by God. They were eyewitnesses of Jesus and they were specific specifically commissioned by Jesus is what I'm saying. So they basically um, was a right hand man. They were the twelve disciples minus they Judas. The main, they were the main like like the main group. So like they were the twelve, yeah. Plus mm. a Paul plus Paul. And I think um they wanted in Acts, you read they 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 uh to, to replace Judas, they cast a lot to find out who who God would have or who Jesus would have them replace Judas with. So, so yeah, the, the apostleship is not an office that carries today. Apostleship is one who's specifically eyewitness of Jesus, commissioned by Jesus to carry this office of apostleship, the authority to establish the church and write scripture. So the 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 New Testament was written by apostles. So it'd be um, like if you had a team, you would have team leaders, and then you would just have people up under you. I guess like you'd have your team, you'd have your team leaders, somebody like a boss, assistant boss, and then just like employees kind of like type deal. So, okay, good question. What we follow down here <laughs> is, let, let's just keep tracking here. Okay. Paul and Timothy, all right. Timothy was Paul's disciple. Paul fathered Timothy spiritually. Right. Timothy was a young pastor. Um, the book, First and Second Timothy, was not written by Timothy. It was written by Paul to Timothy. So Paul is instructing Timothy in how to be a pastor. And he's instructing, hey, if you want to know how pastors should act, go to First and Second Timothy and Titus, pastoral letters. Paul's saying, hey, Here's qualifications for overseers and deacons. Um, all right, and we'll get to that in a minute, but continuing verse 1. So Paul and Timothy, they call themselves servants of the Lord Jesus. This idea of servants is either a servant or a slave. So it's the idea that, hey, our entire life is uh, committed to Jesus. Like, we belong to Jesus. And I right. think that has... We we can certainly identify with them um, as as servants of the Lord Jesus. I mean, let's talk about for a second in our day to day life, the things that we do. We should view everything that we do as not just we're serving, you know, people, or not just that we're doing a task, but we're doing it as a servant of Jesus. Right. Like, we are to be kingdom of God citizens here on the earth, and the way that we act, the way that we operate, should be in um, representing Jesus Christ. Every single thing that we do, whether we're doing dishes, whether we're doing chores, whether we're operating our business, we are serving the Lord Jesus. The way that we treat one another, uh, the way that we treat our neighbor, the way that we treat our friends— even the way that we treat our enemies, we are serving the Lord Jesus. And when we have this mindset of I'm serving Jesus, we can even do things that are difficult. Like Jesus said, hey, love even your enemies. We can do that because we know that the way that we act on this earth, we are serving 
Jesus. We belong to him. I love that. It's so helpful. It is. Yeah. It's really helpful. So we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to keep going here. We're writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Okay, saints. So we call ourselves Christians. I think the word Christian kind of it kind of means little Christ. It came along somewhere probably in the, I don't know, first, second, third century. But here, Paul's writing to the saints. So, you know, the New Orleans saints, they use that. as That's their mascot. That's their name. But we're the saints. Saints means the holy ones. And, and that's really good because it kind of informs us how we should view one another as brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. We should view one another, Robert, as holy ones. Like when I look at you, I should look at you as Robert the saint of God, like the Holy One, because you've been made holy in Jesus Christ. Right. And I think that's really helpful because, you know, somewhere else Paul said, hey, I want to look at people from a spiritual perspective, not just a physical perspective, because it's so easy to just forget the spiritual side. But man, we're holy ones. And that's good for us to remember but also in viewing other people. Like we write to you, you all, everyone in our church right here, we're Crossroads Community Church, the Southern Baptist Fellowship. Hey, when we're, oper- when we're interacting with other people, let's view one another as saints of the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has made us saints, holy ones, right? That's it. He's made us the holy one. And then who are at Philippi? So he's the saints at Philippi. So... I, I don't know exactly how this looked. It, it was probably one, not one huge church at Philippi. Philippi was a, a coastal city a few miles off the coast in Greece. And probably what it looked like here in, in first century was probably this this um, sort of spider web of, of connected little churches, little fellowships. Probably house churches. There may have been some that that op, that gathered in maybe temples or or more established places. I don't exactly know what it looked like, but it, it was probably house church at this point. Probably just it was probably a lot different than what we see today, just because it they, it was just getting started. And but he's saying all all the saints who are at Philippi. I'm writing to you with the overseers and deacons. So let's let's talk about overseers and deacons. This is the idea of leadership in the church. Overseers in there in 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 the New Testament there are three different Greek words that are used really interchangeably to mean the same thing. Leadership, people who give oversight and leadership in the church. Um overseers which also could be translated bishops, um, is used here. Elsewhere, you see the word that is translated pastor. Also, you see the word that's translated elder. It all means the same thing. Overseers, notice it's plural. It's not just one. Uh, people who lead the church. And we know that in there's sort all sorts of different denominations, and they interpret this uh, differently, and they there's a lot of different church government systems. Um, but what is clear is that there are to be appointed 
uh, people who are pastors, shepherds, overseers of each individual congregation, and there should be there should be several. And so these are people who lead the church. You also see deacons, and deacons. Act six is the first time when I believe it's Act six, first time when deacons are formed. Deacons are an office of the church as well that functions specifically to serve. And uh, we see that here in our in our context as well. But I think it's important that we understand where these things come from. Uh, they come straight from the Bible. This is what the Apostle Paul uh, commanded us to do, and the New Testament commands us to how the New Testament commands us to operate. So you got saints, which is everybody. You got overseers, and you got deacons. So. There's leadership, there's servant, and there's saints who are, who are everybody. And I, I want to note, note that, I, that there is a difference um, in overseers or people who lead and people who are church members, who are called to be church members, or the saints. Every single saint, as we see here in Philippians, is given spiritual gifts to serve the body of Christ, right? So whether you're whether your gift of hospitality, gift of teaching, um, gift of you know whatever that is, man, operate in your gift to serve the church. But there are some who are specifically called by God and commissioned to lead, and so that's where we get that from. Any thoughts there, Robert? No, it's just a lot of it's good to it's good to be made aware of. It's just a lot of different category, you know, like a dot, lot of different people, saints, overseers, believers, deacons. Yeah, I like I mean, it's just like it's just like you know, you got police chiefs, sergeants, lieutenants. It's like you got so many different little people that are in charge. It's it's kind of like it was run like a. <clears throat> kind of like a leadership disciples thing, kind of like yeah. different leaders that done different things. Okay, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. You know, deacons, you do this. Overseers, you do this. Saints, you know, you do this. So, you know, just a lot of... Yeah, and this is essentially church government. Yeah. It's instructions it's on... Of, well, and, I, and if you want to see more clear instructions, go to First, Second Timothy... And Titus, those are called the pastoral letters. It's all about how pastors should operate, and a lot of what we get our church government comes from there. So you know, that's good. You know, I was watching um, a documentary the other day. I can't remember the name of it, but it's based off the Conjuring movies, and Ooh. it's like talked about the the boy was possessed with exorcism. You used to have to go to like a Catholic church and you'd have to speak to the priest and they would have to call this other person that was up higher like a deacon to make sure it was okay if we could go through with the, you know, getting the devil out of this boy or whatever. You know, it's kind of like chain of command. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't walk in there to the church and say, hey, we're going to have an exorcism. You know, you had to go in there, present yourself, the 
guy would come out and look at the situation, and then he would go back and he would tell. I think I want to think he was some kind of deacon or something above him. You know what I'm saying? And then tell yeah. him about it, and then he'd come back and they could do the exorcism. Now that's in a Catholic church. Sure, and I mean James, the book of James writes. If if anyone's sick, let them call the elders. So they use the word elders, there. right? So and it, to pray and anoint them with oil, and and to pray for healing. They they you know they it's like the people up above. They have people that dealt with it, and you know that knew how to do it. That's mm-hmm. what they you know they knew about God, but they they specialized in that. It's like they had like sure a, like your worship leader, mm-hmm. like. You are a part of the team, you know what I'm saying? Without the worship leader, we don't have no worship music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah, and that's... Without an assistant pastor, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. say the pastor got sick and he couldn't do it, he depends on yeah. that person. Yeah, so organization is important. Kind of like president, vice president, you know, CEO. Yeah. You know, so there's different... Different roles. Different roles. It could be at your job. You know, you could be a, a CEO. You could be a vice president, president, or you could be like a floor leader. You know. So there's different, you know, same thing. I guess same thing applies with everything in life. I guess that's where they maybe got, hey, we got to have a routine. We got to have a rhythm. Maybe they got it from the Bible. Well, this are and, and 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 we and this is God. We can accept the Word of God, the New Testament, the Book of Philippians specifically as God's instruction to us on how we should operate, how we should live. And this is specifically church, right? This is specifically how churches should operate. And it's, it's he's not saying this is how business should operate. He's saying this is how no, church. No, but I mean they might have got the idea. You know, people on down the road. You know. You know, I don't know if you ever work for somebody that's like self, like you work for somebody. I'm the boss. This is what I tell you to do. There is no vice president. There is no CEO, you know, but it all starts with chain of command. Yeah. And I think in the New Testament, what you see is the overseers is plural. It's always plural. And that's what, that's what the New Testament gives as instruction for church leadership is there's a plurality of leadership and that's that's what we see so you got overseers you got deacons and then so yeah i mean we just need to look to the to the word of god and and uh try to learn how to how to do it let's move on to the next section here in verse two this is good paul signs off he really well he he ends his introduction with this these words. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So have you ever like met someone that or you know, sometimes you hear people sign off, whether it's email or text, you know, blessings. Or maybe like, you know, when you're leaving someone, you hear someone say, Man, God bless you. Uh that's one that I like to say. I learned it from a buddy of mine. Uh, another buddy of mine, he always leaves me with the comment, Jesus loves you. And um, there's different kinda ways like to hash, sign off as, like as brothers. Hashtag. Yeah, it's just like a way of just, man, you want to sign off like 
and you want to extend a blessing of like or like a prayer towards right. someone, and that's what he's doing here. He's saying grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is at the beginning of his of his uh, right. of his message. And I love to I love this this message here. So grace is this unmerited favor from God that we received through the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved us. He gave us His Spirit. He gave us life, not because of what we deserve, but all because of um, His grace towards us, His goodness towards us. Right. And His just His favor, man, His favor towards us. And that's what Paul's praying. He's like praying this towards the listener. Hey, saints, deacons and overseers, grace to you, man, God's favor to you. And that's just it's just it's it's really really beautiful. And then he says, "And peace." And I've been really interested in this word of peace. The uh, Hebrew is shalom. You may have heard that before. Peace in the New Testament. Um. The in the biblical word of peace is a little bit different. It's a little bit fuller than our English version of peace. So our version of peace is kind of you the idea of like absence of conflict, right? Right. So we we live in we would say like well we live in the era of peace in our country where there's not war or, you know we we have peace you know we want to keep the peace that means kind of like we're we're you know we may be like we're not having conflict well the biblical idea of peace has to do with not just absence of conflict but it goes into the positive of this idea of wholeness wholeness. Right. So the way things should be, right? Because we know in our lives right. we we have brokenness. We have all sorts of brokenness in our life. Like the way things things are not the way that they should be all the time. So this idea of peace is the idea of of wholeness. So in the kingdom of God, in heaven, things will be whole. They'll be perfect. And this is what he's trying to extend. I pray God's wholeness to to you, and that's what Jesus came to to do. You know, he came to establish more peace, more wholeness on the earth. I think it's beautiful, and it's it can give us confidence to learn how to extend a blessing to someone. He, Paul's just saying from his heart. I pray these things for you, right? He's signing off his his introduction in this way. Grace and peace. So if you want to say to your brother, you know, and we can learn how to talk to one another from the Word of God. So if we want to, if I if I wanted to say that, I could say God bless you. I could say Jesus loves you. I could say grace and peace, man. You know, I, I, that's not necessarily common, but hey, we could say it. And the point is, is your heart meaning that? And I just think that's really beautiful way to just address someone and extend a blessing to them. It is. It is. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's from, it's all this, notice like, um, from verse 1, we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we're saying, they said, to the saints who are in Christ Jesus. Right. And then he said, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We, I mean, it, this, this introduction is so full of like so much goodness. 
And he's saying everything good, like everything that we are, we just, everything comes from and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God, our Father. Yep. And think about John 15, where Jesus said, abide in me. And if you abide in me, then you'll bear fruit, right? So everything good and kingdomly that comes through us comes through Jesus. Wow. Yeah. He's the one who makes us holy. He's the one who works in us and through us. And um, just really beautiful. So to recap in conclusion here, guys, just like Paul and Timothy, we're servants of the Lord Jesus. Everything that we do is to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul discipled Timothy. He fathered Timothy spiritually. He discipled him. We talk about discipleship around here a lot. We should ask ourselves, uh, are we reaching out to someone and discipling them? Are we fathering them? Are we fathering people spiritually? Are we looking for someone to disciple? Um, saints. To all the saints, man, we have been made holy. We're the holy ones in Christ Jesus. And, you know, grace and peace. You know, let's let's view one another spiritually. Let's try to extend blessings to one another. And uh, Christ wants to use us, you and me, Robert, and everyone listening, uh, we us individuals, to bring God's wholeness, His righteousness, His fullness, His goodness to the world. He does. I mean, He really does. So whatever you do, guys, whatever we do, whatever we find ourselves doing it, doing. Let's do it for trusting in the, the glory of God. And let's do it like we're serving Jesus. Just keep trusting in the process. That's all you can do is keep trusting in the process. That's right. Well, guys, we're going to keep diving into the book of Philippians next next week. We'll, we'll plan to look at probably verses 3 through 11 of chapter 1, and we'll, we'll just dive in. We'll just learn from the book of Philippians. And... Uh, Guys, we I'll just sign off like Paul signed off. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we hope and pray that uh, this podcast and this show will serve to inspire and encourage your faith journey as you continue following Jesus. Grace and peace. Peace out. <laughs>